Let's ride. What's up, man? We back at it, man. Too hot to handle, too cold to hold. Smooth and silk dipped in milk, baby. Is everybody fine? I feel like everybody's fine. I'm hoping everybody's fine. Well, if not, you about to be fine right now. No playing this ride hosted by Blackout, man. Back at it. Number 31, man. So glad to be doing this again. Forgive me if I drag. I'm on them perks, man. I just had my surgery uh, Monday of last week, so I'm on medication. I'm not going to say heavily, but I'm using it. And um, number one, shout out. Not shout out. Fuck Future for talking all this shit about Percocets. Like, I know I'm using them under different, or in a different situation, but he made them shit sound like it was the greatest thing in the world. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you never had to deal with Percocets, them shit suck. They make you tired. You feel like you're lost. I'm drowsy. I feel like I'm half sleep, but it's not strong enough to make me sleep. I really don't see what the allure is, man. I really don't. So fuck him for, uh, you know, putting the drug narrative out there again. I don't know if he's supposed to mix it with Molly or something. I'm not a drug user or anything like that. But anyway, yeah, I'm fresh off of, somewhat fresh off of surgery, man. I'm still hurting. I'm out here slinged up right now trying to bring you guys this podcast. So I really hope you appreciate it. I'm going to do my best to not make it sound crazy. I, I am on drugs right now. But legally, I have a prescription. I promise. I wouldn't do this shit otherwise. So let me go ahead and um jump into a little bit of news I got for you guys. So uh, important for the social media trolls out there. Apparently, President Trump has been told he can no longer block people on Twitter. I don't know why, but apparently he can't block people on Twitter, and I think that's good, man. You should, as a president, you should be able to, you should be available, and you should be open to hearing the voices of the people. I mean. If you are an individual who says you want to be able to reach your people at all times and the way that you see fit and the platform that you think gets directed to the people, I think it's only right that the people should be able to reach your ass right the fuck on back, for better or for worse. If you a person who likes to put things out there in the world and just let them shits vibrate throughout, throughout the universe or the Twitterverse, I think them things should be able to come right back at your motherfucking ass. So if you don't like it, might want to cut your phone off and or tweet less. I think that would help you overall. I think that's the better option. Tweet less. Keep keep a secret, man. <laughs> keep a secret. Just if you really think about it, with all the the big social media sites just having to go go about and basically apologize to everybody for the way information got leaked, and you have probably the most powerful person in the world constantly on it, putting information out there. You should probably tweet less. I mean, if they hacking other people, there's probably a way for them to hack you. And the people that we think are hacking them, are hacking everybody, you're accused of working with. So it's just a big mess, man. It's a bunch of confusion, man. And I think a lot of things will be cleared up if you would just tweet less, fam. 
Say less, do more. And give people less shit to talk about you. Other than the shit you do when you appear on news. Because it's, you know, it's past ridiculous at this point. You only got so much time left. You had a, you had a slam dunk, man. You might have messed that up. But then South Korea did come out and say that they were going to do the, do the meeting. So it, it may still work out. But if you would just be quiet for the rest of your, your situation, man, it might end up favorably for you. But history is going to show you can't seem to do that, man. So we'll see what happens on that end. But, yeah, y'all, if y'all want to add um, your homeboy, Diney T, man, he's at Real Donald Trump. Go ahead and hit him up. Let him know how you feel, man. Talk to him. Let him know if you think you, if he's making America great, if America ever was great, or if he's just fucking shit up. But, yeah, man, he can't block you anymore, so talk to him. In other social media troll news, uh, Tommy Lauren apparently had a drink thrown at her. Now, if you don't know this chick, uh, it's basically the the blonde-haired girl, the young, and she, was, she had a YouTube show where she was on a news or a right-wing news network or something called The Blaze where she basically held up spirit fingers and said racially divisive and heavy, heavy right-wing things on her little news show. I think she has since become like a Fox News political commentator. I don't, I don't want to know if the word is correspondent or whatever but she recently had a drink thrown at her while she was out in public and this just made me smile because it's one of those things where people who talk a bunch of shit on the internet finally had something come back to them not only did she lose her boyfriend a little while ago somebody finally caught a little raggedy ass on the street and threw shit at her now for the average journalist i'll be like man that's fucked up somebody did that to her but she constantly provokes people when they hides behind the security and she hides behind the internet she continuously says shit with no regard for people she's talking about. So I think it's fantastic that somebody caught her ass slipping and threw some shit on her. But hey, I'm petty. But, you know, she's somebody that will tell you everybody's fine, I guess. In other controversial, but not so controversial news, apparently Pope Francis, who I think is the coolest pope ever by, by you know, by far, I'm not really um, up to date on my popedom, but we've had a few popes. And um, this pope seems to be the most progressive and the most forward-thinking guy we've had. And I think he's been uh, he's been willing to open up the Vatican to some other ways of thinking, some more progressive ways of thinking. And I can appreciate what he's done. And apparently he spoke to a man, and uh, I guess the guy had been going through some things because he was gay, and you know how that's viewed in the... Uh, in the church, but apparently Pope Francis told the man that God made him gay. He said God made you that way, you know. And I, I'm, I would assume that made that man's day. It either made him, either made his day, or really confused him since the way that homosexuality is supposed to be talked about in the Bible. I just, I think that's. I mean, I think it's cool that he was able to to do that as a pope and able to like, you know. Maybe shed some light to the world like, hey, man, these people are just people. You know, you shouldn't treat them any type of way. And it's hard when you're growing up a certain way, when you're growing up thinking it's okay to treat people like that a certain way. And it's almost the same thing as when you're when you're a different race and people are racist towards you, but it's not the same. I refuse to put those two, those two things next to one another because being treated a certain way because of your race and your sexuality, to me, they're both fucked up. Both fucked up, and that's where I draw the line with that. That's where I really draw the line because I think with race, it's automatic. You see that shit a mile away, like, oh, there's an Asian person, there's a black person, there's a Hispanic person, there's a possibly Middle Eastern person, 
I think with, with race, you can see this shit off gate. With somebody being homosexual or whatever, they can probably hide it. I say some people can hide it if they choose to. But I, I'm, I'm not willing to put race and sexuality in the same in the same category right now. And I don't think I ever will. But I think it's great that he was able to say that to that man in confidence and hopefully bring about some awareness towards the world that you treat people equally, no matter what their background. But then again, some people are probably not too happy with him about it. But oh well, Nathan kisses—he can kiss a fat baby's ass. They'll be all right. And uh, speaking of which, I have a question that I—I I asked myself. I asked myself when I heard the statement, and I was like, in my mind, in my mind, and this is not really backed up by anything. I think people are born that way. Because I don't know why anybody would choose to go through life that way and get ridiculed the way they get ridiculed. And it was worse when I was growing up. So maybe, I mean, with things, the way things are going now, obviously I think it's a lot easier to be homosexual in the time period we live in now. But when I was growing up, I couldn't imagine being that way and having to go through life having this ridiculous secret. And I even, I even lighten my stance on that. I said, maybe it's 50-50. Maybe 50% of people are born that way and then 50% of people had something happen to them, whether you molested or had some type of weird encounter and it turns them out, whatever. But for the folks that are born that way, the question I ask myself is like, I wonder if homosexuality is like biological population control. Because in my eyes, I don't care what you do. I really don't. In my eyes, homosexuality is biologically incorrect because for the most part our drive is for us to to nourish and protect ourselves so that we can reproduce and pass on our genes just like any other animal so my thinking behind why people are born homosexual is maybe it's some sort of biological population control to keep us from overpopulating the earth by having some people be born not attracted to the opposite sex Therefore, unless you go out your way to mate or, you know, reproduce, you won't if you're not prompted. Now, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's just a theory I had. It may sound crazy. It may sound ridiculous, but I'm a crazy and ridiculous person. And I've never heard anybody else say this. Maybe I haven't looked deep enough, but that's just something I thought about off the fly. Maybe it's some type of biological population control so that we don't overpopulate. The way we already have. Because if you look at the earth, we weren't meant to live in all the places that we do live. The, the earth is grossly overpopulated. So we're just something I thought about. Just a theory I had, but whatever. It's, it's not a big deal. Which just something I was thinking about. Another uh, hateful news. Apparently some dickhead decided to go spray swastikas on 200 graves in Illinois. Some asshole decided to go into a cemetery... And spray paint the headstones of over 200 people. And the crazy thing is, a large population of the cemetery was military people. And it just it just goes to show you that people do shit without thinking. Like, who made you mad? Who made you that mad to where you had to go desecrate a bunch of people's graves? And the thing is, the, the thing is, the crazy thing about it is, I saw the pictures on it, and some of the swastikas like look like they were done backwards. <laughs> And it was it was done, you know, obviously sloppy and quick, probably because they were in a rush, trying not to get caught. But the idiot ended up being caught on camera. I just wonder what makes some somebody do that type of shit. Why? How could those people possibly have pissed you off? 
How? Like, it, was it a certain family you were trying to attack? Because I guarantee all the people you whose graves you hit, you wasn't the same family, and then the same asshole apparently went and did this in a neighborhood not too far from the cemetery. You know, people, these people are crazy, man. There's been another another school shooting somewhere. I just saw, I forgot to write the information down, but another shooting somewhere. Everybody's fine, though, right? That's what they'll tell you at the White House. Everybody's fine. The people in the ghetto ain't in the ghetto. They're there because they want to be there. The people in Flint don't have water because, you know, every everybody's fine. They don't need clean water. The people in Puerto Rico don't need clean water. They don't need power. They don't need electricity. Everybody's fine. That's what they'll tell you. Anyway, um, yeah, I just think it's sad that we've got to this point as a country that we just don't care. We go out our way to fuck with people. It's kind of like, it's like people are living internet life in the real world now. The internet troll life has spilled over to the real world. And people are doing shit to antagonize people for no reason other than to get a reaction. And that's just some shit you do in YouTube or Facebook comments. But these actions are spilled over into the real the real world. And that's why I guess people like Tommy Lauren can even exist. And that's why a president is super popular because people respond to that type of ridiculous behavior. But it be like that sometimes. And some more um suckerish slash sports news. Um the woman who accrues Reuben Foster of uh <laughs> um of uh, abuse has dropped her charges. And lo and behold, she got upset with him and decided she wanted to ruin this man. And it turns out she was lying the whole goddamn time. And that's exactly why I said uh, a few episodes back that I really believe that if somebody falsely accuses somebody of of rape or physical abuse or whatever, that once, once they come clean saying that they made these statements and they were lying, they should get the amount of time that that other person was supposed to get. Or if there, if you have a rape victim or, or, or a victim of slander of an accuser saying that somebody raped them or sexually harassed them or sexually abused them, physically abused them, whatever, I think if that person has been serving time or has been given a sentence, that the person who falsely accused them should do all that time. So say you got somebody serving 20 years, right? But say he's only did like seven and somebody they find out that the girl lied or she or the, the man lied, whoever the accuser lied, they should snatch that person out of prison, give them back their freedom, give them some money to help them get back on their feet, make sure their name is clear publicly. Even though they did them seven years, the accuser should have to go in and do that whole twenty. Now you have no chance for parole, none of that shit. Nothing. Because you you ruined somebody's name, you've taken their time away. Because that time you took away, people can't get back. The money and resources these people had to spend to attempt to get their name back in good standing after you lied about them, you can't get back. And I would hope that anybody who accuses somebody of sexual abuse, rape, physical abuse, anything like that, I would like for them to have to take a lie detector test. Because there's too many people, especially men, out here getting falsely accused because somebody has an ulterior motive. Or somebody's in their feelings or they're feeling like they've been wrong. It's it's not cool. That's not cool because somebody can never get their name back. Especially if it's like a celebrity. Like they're talking about Morgan Freeman's been accused of some shit now. Now if he did it, that's that's bad on him. 
but he should get what's coming to him. But if he didn't do it, and he's like, now he's got to go on the campaign to clear his name. So people don't think he's some type of creep. And I think that's really fucked up. Like, that's that's some shit that should, should just not be done to people. It's crazy that people can get away with doing things like that. And it just makes me so angry that people have to deal with clearing their name because somebody decided that they felt the way. And you know what? I'm going to get this person. I'm going to make it seem like they harass me or some shit like that. It's fucking ridiculous. Man, I just... Sorry, I had to go on a little rant. It just makes me so angry thinking about that shit, man. Like, like how, how could you do that to somebody? Like, that should just not be allowed. Uh, what else? Um, oh, yeah, uh, not really sports, but it's still news. So I, mean, I forgot to mention it last week, but The Rock has signed an apparel deal with Under Armour, which I think is great. This guy went from being a Miami Hurricane football player to trying to play football in Canada to a wrestler who almost washed out being a wrestler to becoming one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And now he's a superstar actor, like the top paid actor. And now he has a clothing line with Under Armour. Or I guess, not like a line, but I guess he has like a, I guess, well, I guess like a little subline that he's going to do with Under Armour. And he has a shoe that's coming out, which I think is extra dope. You were, like, I've never known an actor to have their own shoe coming out. I know he's a fitness enthusiast, and he's, I guess, somewhat of an athlete. He's a wrestler. I know he plays football. I, I guess being a wrestler is pretty athletic. They do a lot of shit in the ring. You know, they, they move around a lot. So I guess I consider him an athlete. And for him to have his own shoe, I think it's fucking great. Now, it's probably for weightlifting and crossfitting and all the other shit he probably does. But I still think that's fucking phenomenal for him to have his own shoe. So good on the rock, man. I'm old with Dwayne Johnson for getting that done. I wonder if she's going to have an eyebrow on it. You know what I mean? Like, just like a couple eyes in the back. It's going to have an eyebrow raised or it's going to have that, um, that bull. But whatever the case is, man, shout out to him for getting that done. I think that's pretty dope. And made more and more millions come his way. It's good to see a semi-black man get paid, I guess. Also, uh, speaking of deals, the Obamas just inked a deal with Netflix. I think that's pretty dope. I, I I don't know if it's like a multi-season. I don't know if it's for a series, but them inking that deal, I think it's fucking phenomenal. You're getting to see two very, very influential black people. I'm going to go out on the limb and say probably the most influential black people that ever lived were influential black couple ever in history so far are going to have a Netflix series. So you know they're going to, bring in, they're going to be bringing that quality content. Hopefully it's like a really dope, documentary series about their lives after uh, serving in the White House and then what they're doing in the community now. I figured that, man, old Barry and Michelle were just, you know, life would slow down a little bit for them. I figured they would just kind of chill and get off into the sunset, maybe make some money off investments and relax. But nope, they're getting right back to the bag, man. They're going to be doing whatever they're going to be doing Netflix. And I got to feel like it's going to be pretty good because who's who is not going to want to work with them? Especially if they're dealing with like other black, and I could say black entertainers, but other very popular black um, black spokespeople or black influential figures is, I guess, the word I'm looking for. I think that's going to be pretty dope. So I'll be looking forward to that on Netflix. And also, Michael Jordan 
I think it, it may be a collaboration with ESPN and Netflix, but Michael Jordan is going to have a 10-hour documentary done. And I can't wait. I can't wait. Because maybe this will make the guys who have forgotten how great Michael Jordan is, maybe this will make them remember. Like, before you go put LeBron, congratulations to LeBron for winning game seven, by the way. Maybe before you put LeBron next to him, it'll give you a chance to go back and relive his accomplishments as an NBA player and some of the shit he went through as a player and having to retire and come back, the death of his father, all those things, having to get through the Pistons. Maybe you'll go back and you'll realize how great this guy was. And it may shed some light on what he's done outside of basketball. That's what that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Like You hear about how great LeBron is socially, which is very true in the age of social media. You get a lot of that. And you'll see how great LeBron is on the, on the social side. Maybe this documentary will shed some light on what Michael Jordan has done. Because if you think about it, they forget about how, what he did as an athlete and say, oh, we think LeBron's better than him, this, that, and the third. Maybe they forgot about some of the charitable shit he did. I was probably too young, or I'm going to say I was definitely too young at the age he retired after to be even in a place where I'd pay attention to some shit like that. But maybe all the other sports writers and sports figures have forgotten about it too. So hope that's hopefully that's what they talk about in a portion of it. I mean, it's 10 hours. How could you not talk about his basketball camps and how he probably met some of these people that are that in the league now when they were younger and, and helped them become great or molded them as they came into the league. So that's more the side I want to see. I got to see him play. So for me, you know, that's that's kind of like, yeah, I've seen this before. I want to see more about Michael Jordan, the man, and what he did outside of sports other than selling shoes and shit and just being a jerk from what I've heard people say about him. But still, all in all, I think it's pretty dope that he's getting that done. And since I'm talking about it, um, yeah, LeBron James, shout out to that man for taking what people are saying is a trash team to Game 7. I threw Game 7 into the NBA Finals. Now, I am not one of these people that thinks that his team is trash. Has he had better teams? Absolutely. But Jeff Green is not a bum by any means. George Hill is not a bum. Tristan Thompson is definitely not a bum. He's a guy that don't make plays without even scoring the basketball. Larry Nance is not a bum. He's a guy... That's like Tristan Thompson, but just more athletic. I don't think he's as ready for the big stage because, you know, Tristan's been there multiple times, obviously. He's been in that playoff environment. But I think Larry Nance is in that same mold. I just think he's way more athletic than Tristan Thompson. And uh, Jordan Clarkson, who's who's a good – he's a decent scorer. He hasn't been in the playoffs for whatever reason. I don't know if it's the pressure. I don't know if he changed the shot. I don't know what's going on. But he's a pretty good scorer. He's a good prospect in this league to to do well. He's a good young guy that you want on your team to develop, especially if you can kind of hide him with better players around him. And his only responsibility is to go out there and score. I think it's a good role for him. And you have Rodney, uh, what's his name, Rodney Hood, who's a really, really normally a good shooter. But recently he has not been. I think he has a, you know some of the same shit that Jordan Clarkson has going on. I think this team has been under pressure so much that it's been affecting the way these guys play. Jose Calderon, he's not a bad player. He's a he's a crafty veteran. I think he can do, do some good things for the uh, Cleveland maybe going forward next year if they don't get another point guard. And, of course, Kevin Love is an all-star. And 
anybody else on the team I'm not too familiar with. I know they recently picked up Kendrick Perkins. We already know he's a world champion center. You know, at at a stage in his career where he's a lot older right now, they probably got him as an extra body. And um, there's another kid on the team who I'm not too keen on. Pretty sure he's a rookie, man. But I think they have a solid roster. And for this reason, I would like to see LeBron definitely stay in Cleveland. I know I've said it before. I probably said it last episode. But, you know, win, lose, or draw. You're going back to the finals. So this team is obviously good enough. I don't give a fuck what nobody else says. Because these guys have to know how to play with the best player in the world. You got to get out there and spread the floor. You got to get them in favorable offensive matchups. And I mean by that, setting screens so that guys have to switch so LeBron can get the mismatch. So it's easier for him to score and make plays. That's what I mean by that. It's not always scoring. People get it so fucked up thinking it's always about somebody scoring, what they bring to the team. It's not always about the dunk, the three-pointer, or the block shot. Sometimes it's about ball movement and spacing and knowing when not to shoot and knowing to keep shooting even if you missed it because that's your fucking game. People get it so fucked up talking about basketball. They think if you're not putting the ball in the cup all the time, you're not doing your job. But that's not always the case, especially on a team built with a lot of role players. Anyway, I would like to see LeBron stay in Cleveland, whether he won or not, because he's the type of guy that are that's going to get players to come to them. They're going to come to him. And I think Cleveland should have had some money left over because they just got rid of what I would assume is a lot of more. They had a lot more high-salary players on the roster before. Now, Derrick Rose wasn't really getting paid that much. I don't know what they had Jay Crowder for. I don't know what they had D-Wade for. And I don't know. There's another guy they traded. I don't know what they had him for. But I got to assume that um, Cleveland cleared some uh, some salary cap space. And they probably got a lot of guys there on one-year deals. So I'm, I'm going to think that they're going to have some, uh, some money left over. Now, they may not have max contract money left over. But they're going to got to have a decent chunk of change. And they got like a decent pick in the draft. I think they got like a top 10 pick in the draft. So they should still get somebody else that's pretty decent that can mold that can be molded by LeBron James. So I think that he should definitely stay there. He can he can easily play five more seasons. Now I don't know if those are five more playoff run seasons, but he can easily play five more seasons and that's with him that's even if he don't score. That's if he becomes more of a, a rebounder passer, which is gonna be valuable on any team. I'm just saying LeBron, stay in Cleveland, man. Don't put anything else on your legacy that people can fuck with. Stay there. Make these kind, make these guys come to you. Make these players come to you. You don't need to go nowhere else. You can go hang out in the land offseason, goddammit. What is that? I think that's it. Oh, um, Houston and um Golden State. This series is lasting a lot longer than I intended it. Not that I intended, than I thought it would. I think Houston snuck up on them and won the game they shouldn't have won. Golden State, obviously, I think they let one go that they should have won. I feel like this this series should be over 4-2 right now at Golden State. But that's not the case. And um, Game 7 is tomorrow, so we'll see what happens, man. I just, I don't know what's gonna, how it's going to go with Iggy not playing and Chris Paul probably not playing. My guess is tomorrow they'll both play. Because I can't see Iguodala sitting out for Game 7 unless he's, like, really hurt especially if Chris Paul is going to play. Because I doubt um, I doubt Chris Paul is going to sit out. 
just to be honest. I really, really doubt Chris Paul's going to sit out game seven after he saw what happened um, in the last game. Even though they're going to be back in Houston, they still they still each won a game on the opposing team's home court. So that home court advantage don't mean as much. Now, game seven with the final trip to the finals on the line, that experience that um, Golden State has is going to come into play. Now, I don't think anybody on fucking Houston has ever played in the game seven in the Western Conference Finals or made it to the Eastern, I mean, or made it to the actual NBA Finals. So it's going to be a pretty interesting game, man. I can't wait to tune in and see what happens, but my pick is still Golden State going on to the Finals and beating Cleveland in five to six games. More than likely five. I'm not going to give them a sweep. I won't give them a sweep. And even if, I hope it doesn't go that way. I won't give them a sweep. I'm going to give LeBron at least one game. I'm saying more than likely five. I wouldn't be surprised with six. And I still see Curry being the the finals MVP with nobody really to guard him unless they put JR on him. But I don't. I definitely don't see Cleveland winning. All right. Um, on to some music, man. Put your T's album came out. Seven songs. It's basically uh, an extra large EP. But I'm not mad at it. I would rather an artist come out and give me seven quality songs than you give me four dope songs and 11 more songs full of fluff. That's the waste of my goddamn time. I'd rather you give me your best. You got a project and you got 10 songs on it and three of them songs are trash. Fuck, give me your best seven, man. Because with the ability people have to put out music now, Whenever they want, and with the role he plays at the record label, who's really not going to tell Pusha T he can't put out a project with seven songs on it? Why not? Why not get the quick money grab for seven songs? We trying to stay relevant. You got new rapper after new rapper coming out. Let the new rappers put out 15 songs and 13 of them be trash. It's better if the veteran with the core audience, in my opinion, Puts out seven songs and all seven of the motherfuckers are dope. Or at least something you can listen to. You're already going to have dope production if you're coming from the good music camp. Because you're going to have Kanye West on this corner. He ain't really trying to see nothing fail. You got the Neptune's connection. You got Kanye. Obviously, you put out seven songs. You should win. In this digital era where you can put shit out, you can leak a single. And the single uh, the single sales, the single download, spins, or whatever. They're going to count towards your album. Bro, you can't lose, man. So good on Pusher for putting that out. Bad on Pusher for not having another one in the chamber. And I'm saying bad on him for not having another one on the chamber is uh, because if you're going to come for Drake, if you're going to come for Drake and you bet coming at Drake, you need to at least have two songs ready to go. Because what we learned is you this Drake, he's going to come for your ass in at least 24 hours. At least 24 hours. Meek Mill found out the hard way. That was the lesson. Now, Pusha has sent little shots at Drake on other songs and shit, but nothing like on an album where it's going to come out, it's going to debut, and it's going to be out there getting spanned and shit like that. Nothing like that. He put some shit out that was on YouTube. I don't even know if you can buy it, but it wasn't nothing else promoted. Nobody really talked about it. There was no, there was no media buzz behind it. But when his album came out, and then you put the shit out that way, like, that's going to get some attention. So, 
And when you get Pusha T's album, it's called Daytona, by the way. It's pretty good. The last song on there, Infrared, is a song where he, where he gives Drake a little extra attention. I want to say maybe eight hours or less later, Drake put out the W Freestyle. And personally, I'm going to give the edge to the W Freestyle. And I, I just think it was it was better. It was better. It was more targeted. And uh, he actually followed up with sending the invoice to good music for like a hundred grand because he said he's going to help them out with their sales, which he probably did. Because in the, you know, in the age of downloads, people could just be like, oh, what are you talking about? Let me go download and stream that song real quick. Somebody just Drake. You know, it's going to come right back just like that. And this is this is the song where he actually kind of really, really addressed Drake. So people, it won't be as shrouded as it was when he uh, dissed him in other songs. And Drake, Drake came back and dissed him in um, Two Birds, One Stone when he came at him and Kid Cudi. Cudi comes back with Infrared. And now Drake has a W Freestyle. It was on OVO Sound on SoundCloud is where I saw it, where the link that I caught. So if you're looking for it, it's probably there. I don't think it's on title of iTunes now. But yeah, man, um, Pusha might have taken the L. I don't think there's been any responses um, out lately. So for right now, the W's going to come to Drake. It's always like the second song usually gets the W at first. But I'm going to go back and listen to both of them tonight and see how I feel about it. But, uh, you know, everybody's fine, man. And keeping with the good music camp, some more beef has sprung up, but in a weird twist, it's it's related to the Pusha Drake shit, but it involves two people I would never think that I would say we're in the same room. So when Drake put out the song about uh, that was directed at Pusha T and Kanye West, the Chicago rapper and activist, I give credit where credit is due, Rhymefest decided to chime in and ask Drake to take the money he gets from good music on with the invoice that uh, they sent them. They said you basically asked Drake that hey, when you get that money, can you can you donate some of that money to Donda House, which is a project that um apparently Kanye West and Rhymefest had in Chicago to help out Chicago's youth because. And this is Rhymefest saying this. Apparently, Rhymefest feels like she, that Kanye West has a band in Chicago. And he put that out. And then, in, in a twist, Kanye West didn't respond to it. But his wife, Kim Kardashian, West responded to it. And her and Rhymefest kind of went on this back and forth. And I was just surprised. Like, I would never put them two in the same room. And uh, regardless of how you feel about Kim Kardashian, which I don't know why people hate her. I really, really don't. I guess because I don't pay attention to her enough to hate her. I don't know. I don't know why people dislike her, but she she got some points for me because I feel like this. If we marry, then it's us, no matter what's us against the world. Fuck everybody else, right? So she jumped out the window and she rolled for her dude, which I think as a wife, that's what you should do because if the, if the situation was reversed, would expect your dude to ride for you. So she jumped out the window and she responded to Ryan Fest, which led to a little back and forth. But the one point she made, the one point she made which stood out to me was that um if him and I'm talking about Ryan Fest, if Ryan Fest and Kanye West 
are supposed to be friends or they're supposed to have worked together before, why would you use the moment that Drake dissed one of Kanye West's artists and basically Kanye West? Why would you use that moment as a chance to publicly shame Kanye West and say that he didn't do something for Chicago instead of calling that man and addressing him? She just said that uh, they saw him a couple of weeks ago and he didn't say anything about this. He didn't mention it. And that to me is fucked up. And obviously I don't know their relationship behind closed doors, whatever. But if you're if you have a relationship for I'll say at least ten plus years, and that's on the that's on the low side. So say they have a relationship for at least ten plus years, from the same city, know each other, they got this community, I wanna say community center for the youth maybe in common that they're both supposed to be working with. They're involved in it. And the whole transcript is basically on Twitter right now. So if you go look it up, you can find it. And it has a lot more detail than what I'm giving you. But if what she's saying is true, they work together, they've been friends for X amount of years, and you just saw this man two weeks ago, why would you wait for Drake to say something to this man? For you to, Why would you wait to hop on Twitter to say it? I think that's fucked up. Like, I don't give a shit if the man went returning your phone calls. That's still, like, you've been working with this man. From what she's been saying, the man was paying you to keep the center running. And when he couldn't do it no more, he let you know. And he just let you kind of run things. So I really, I really don't see why you would do that to somebody that's one a business partner. Excuse me, one a friend, two a business partner. And three, you just saw this man a couple weeks ago. So I'm going to assume if you saw him a couple weeks ago, you had some type of contact information for him. This problem had to be going on longer than what it's than two weeks. And then why weren't you focused on that when you were trying to get this man your beats for his album? That's all I'm saying. I think that's kind of fucked up, man. But you know, every, everybody's fine, right? <laughs> everybody's fine. We're we not going to talk about that no more. I think that's negative, man. Um, everybody's fine, though. And so, you know, with that, I'm shutting it down. I'm, I'm going to play a little something at the end. I reached out to an artist and asked if I could play his music on the podcast. He gave me his blessing, which I think I think is great on his part. Hopefully the quality sounds good. I'm, I'm going to do my best. As you guys know, I do this mostly in my car. So um, shout out to Sky Zoo, man. His album is called um, In Celebration of Us. It's a great album. This guy's a... A lyricist who's been doing it for a long time. So shout out to him, man. I appreciate him letting me use his music. Also, man, if you guys want to get at me, reach me. No playing this ride at gmail.com, all lowercase. Once again, no playing this ride on gmail.com, all lowercase. I still got the merch, man. No playing this ride podcast t-shirts. Assume guilty t-shirts for everybody who feel like they've been assumed guilty. If you're a minority, the shoe fits, man. You might as well wear it. In this case, the t-shirt fits. You might as well wear it. So that's going to be noplayingthisride.threatless.com. Also, if you have designs and you want to put them on a T-shirt, put them on threatless.com. If somebody buys a shirt, they basically split the cost with you without you having to order a bulk load of T-shirts and shit. So noplayingthisride.threatless.com. Also, if you want to get at me on Twitter, noplay247. So that's capital N, lowercase o, capital P-L-A-Y, noplay247 on Twitter. I post a podcast there. Hit me there anytime, please. 
And uh, if you look up No Playing This Ride on Twitter, I should pop up automatically. Shout out to my brother Weeks, who has an album out called Welcome to New Jack City. Shout out to my man Brooks on the Beat. Brooks Beat has a song he produced called Captured Out with Mimi Janite. Shout out to my homie. Um, but yeah, you guys enjoyed the song. Please hit me up, man. Learn something tomorrow that you didn't learn today. Figure out to make tomorrow a better day than today was. You know, just be a better person. Day by day, man. Build build your pyramid brick by brick, goddammit. And uh, reach out to me, man. Let me know how you feel about what I'm doing with this joint. I really like doing this shit. I'm going to keep on doing it whether I'm injured or on perks, man. Uh, because I love to do this shit, man. But I'm going to hit y'all with this song real quick, man. Y'all be easy out there, man. Keep on listening. Tell a friend to tell a friend. So you ain't got to tell nobody else, goddammit. And uh, one life, one love. Peace. Started and feel like it's almost so it's crazy, right? Yeah, man. Time flying out this piece. Hey, but speaking of time, shit is about to get different for me, yo. This might be one of my last moves for a while. I'm about to not be outside as much. What's up, G? Yo, kid. Lisa pregnant. We got a boy coming. I'm about to be a pop, yo. Get the fuck out of here. For real? Yo, Greg. Congrats, brother. That's dope, for real. Hey, good looking out, good looking out. We named him Skyler. Well, Greg first to carry the name, but Skyler his middle name and shit. I just want him to be set, you know? All this shit we out here rocking on, I don't need him in this mix, you dig? Word, word, I hear you, man. All this catching the jugs and, and running down on motherfuckers or being outside all night getting tore up, me, you, and Manny, and everybody. I'm about to be cool on all that for a while, you know? 20 now, my little man on the way. Kate and Ab ain't taking me away from Skyler. Fuck all that. I pass. Just a few more runs, bust a few more moves, and I'm out. Bet that. I ain't mad at you, yo. You know, whatever you need, I'm here, G. That's like my little man, too. Love him already, yo. <laughs> word, word. Good looking out, yo. Yo, Drake, dude. Yo. What's up, man? I'm coming now. Hey, Greg, I'll be right back. Let me see what homeboy over here want. But tonight, we on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I told you. I got a few more left in me. I see you tonight, Joe. Love. Love. Dream.
Christmas sitting in overdrive, so taking over the drive turns into 12 acquitting screams, or 12 acquitting what they believe, until they in the crowd banking on what another 12 perceives, or celebratory moments of a scale being off to the left, so you cop and get more than you expect, and the rest goes off to the cost of looking like you involved, so you back to spending more with your connect, connecting like in a lock in the latch, when the latch key is cocking it back, knowing the latch leads to how to react, and the reaction is counter-react, it gets complicated like confiscating the lottery back, it comps away in like finding a pack, or it comps away in like you was kind to buying it back, backtracking to the moments that inspired the toast, to the half gallon of Henny for supplying you hope, till you back to back in the semi from inside of your coat, either that or standing on the other side of the scope, or it's a celebration of being nowhere near where that aim is, trigger fingers turn to quotations, same fingers boxing you in, to leave vacant, round of applause down the hall for all your patience, or you in a hall up on the wall, with department of correction, letters hovered up over where your name is, or you by the door, capping down to the floor, eight years of proof hovered up over where your name sit, draw you to the crown, they sell it to you as weightless, they charge you to sit on a wait list, and you fast forward, private park in the pause, open the doors to a round of applause down the hall from all your patience, fists in the air over mistakes, or fists in the air over the jakes, being vision impaired, holding a tray, and that tray pound lift up the fear from out his face, and you vision impaired over awake for the face that the jakes pinned as being a nigga, so he give him everything that he think a nigga should take, and you ask him how to spell it, and he respond, please make up your mind, you niggas is either niggas or you ain't, eh? all black everything, Bobby Seal fit with a tray while I'm untwisting my chains, celebratory moments of a glass or a bottle in the air, or a flask and a shoddy with a flare, and the bag coming out when one appears, or the flash of a body in the stairs, and the crash of a lobby in despair, recalled by the star till the morn, while you ball with a square, and they watching what you hear, but everybody's fine. Everybody's fine. I said, really? They said, yeah. They said, celebratory moments of a glass or a bottle in the air or a flask and a shoddy with a flare and the bag coming out when one appears or the flash of a body in the stairs and the crash of a lobby in despair or moments with you getting patted on the ground that then turned into badges on the ground and the irony of reversing the role where whenever they roll bet they know shit is whatever for them now because now is a scene where a stream is interrupted by conclusion jumping and dumping into a seat where a dream is sitting in overdrive so taking over the drive turns into 12 acquitting the screams or 12 acquitting what they believe until they in the crowd banking on what another 12 perceives or celebratory moments of a scale being off to the left so you cop and get more than you expect and the rest goes off to the cost of looking like you involved so you back to spending more with your connect <laughs> connecting like in a lock in the latch when the latch key is cocking it back knowing the latch leads to how to react and the reaction is counter react it gets complicated like confiscating the lottery back it comps away in like finding a pack or it comps away in like you was kind into buying it back backtracking to the moments that inspired the toast to the half gallon of henny for supplying you hope till you back to 
the back and the semi from inside of your coat. Either that or standing on the other side of the scope. Or it's a celebration of being nowhere near where that aim is. Trigger fingers turn to quotations. Same fingers boxing you in or leave you vacant. Round of applause down the hall for all your patience. Or you in a hall up on the wall with Department of Correction letters hovered up over where your name is. Or you by the door, capping down to the floor. Eight years of proof hovered up over where your name sit. Draw you to the crown, they sell it to you as weightless and charge you to sit on a wait list. Then you fast forward, private park in the Porsche, open the doors to a round of applause down the hall from all your patience. Fists in the air over mistakes or fists in the air over the jakes. Being vision impaired, holding a tray and that tray pound lift up the fare from out his face and you vision impaired over awake for the face that the jakes pinned as being a nigga. So he give him everything that he think a nigga should take and you ask him how to spell it and he respond, please make up your mind. You niggas is even niggas or you ain't <laughs> all black everything bobby seal fit with a tray while i'm untwisting my chains celebratory moments of a glass or a bottle in the air or a flask and a shoddy with a flare and the bag coming out when one appears or the flash of a body in the stairs and the crash of a lobby in despair recalled by the store till the morn while you ball in a square and they watching what you hear but everybody's fine <laughs>